Miracy. So we assume that more time is better for the client, right? If you, if you, especially new coaches, they come in, they think, okay, well, the more time I give, the more valuable my coaching will be for them. You can be a great coach, but maybe feel ineffective because you wonder if your coaching sessions are too long or too short or not frequent enough. There are no rigid rules regarding how long a coaching session should last. So how can newer coaches decide the appropriate duration of a coaching session? I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped more than thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. So what length and frequency give you and your client the most effective coaching conversation? Is it better with shorter and more frequent sessions? Or should the coaching session be as long as a string? Like, meaning it depends. Today, I've invited Ray Heinisch to the show to discuss the question, how long should a coaching session be? Ray is a certified master business coach and founder of Upgraded Life and is also an ACES coach at Miracy. He runs a popular fitness podcast and regularly delivers online courses and group coaching. His mission is to make world-class coaching affordable and available to everyone who needs it. Welcome, Ray. Well, hello, Melinda. It's so good to have you on the show. And I'm excited to talk about this topic because you know, at Coaches Console, we work with a lot of newer coaches or they're newer in their business. And this is a question that comes up a lot. And I have a feeling we're going to have a lot of fun on this show with this conversation and this topic. But before we dive in, would you mind sharing a little bit of your background with our listeners? Uh, sure. You know, I've been a, a an entrepreneur for as long as I can remember. Even in grade school, I remember setting up a pet store, going out and capturing poor little animals and selling them to kids in my class as pets. And so I've always kind of had that entrepreneurial bug. And, you know, I carried that into high school, into college. And as soon as I graduated with a doctor of pharmacy degree, I went right into business for myself. And, you know, when all of my friends were uh, going into high paying jobs, I sold my Subaru, which I loved, had $500 left over, put it in a business bank account and started a brick and mortars business around health and wellness. But after doing that for years, I really just started wanting to help other people kind of live into their own dreams. And that's where I got into coaching. You know, I spent a lot of my, a lot of my business life working on people's bodies. And now I wanted to work on their minds. I wanted to work on their dreams. And that's why I went into coaching. I love it. Now, speaking of coaching, we're talking about how long should the coaching session be? So let's just dive in with that. Like, how long should a coaching session be? Or are there different ways to look at it? So let me be frank. Holy cow, is there any more boring question to, uh, to answer? <laughs> but when I started to kind of dissect and get into the question of how long should your coaching session be, it actually opened up for me, Melinda, and it became kind of an interesting topic. And let me tell you why. Because as I dissected it, I can't... I, came to the conclusion that there's not one question here. There's actually three questions that we need to uh, ask ourselves. All right. So the first question is, what is the minimum amount of coaching time needed? So essentially, the presupposition there is that the coach limits the session time. So you as a coach have a limited amount of time and energy. 
right? So what's the least amount of time I can spend and still get insight or transformation with my clients? Said another way that what is the coaching session time that is right for the coach? Okay, so that's, that's question number one. Question number two is what is the maximum amount of coaching time needed for a session? So in this question, the client limits the coaching time. They as the client, just like the coach, have limited amounts of time and energy. So they want the most transformation and time is limited really by their schedule demands, right? So what is the coaching session time that is right for the client? And then that led me to this third question, which I think is the real question that we're going to discuss today, which is what is the optimal amount of time needed in a coaching session? And essentially the question is, what is the session time that is right for the coach and is right for the client? Is that making sense? I love it. And I love how you're looking at it from both perspectives. I love the psychology behind things and understanding stuff from that perspective. So I've always looked at it from that approach, but never explicitly from the minimum amount of time that the coach needs and the maximum amount of time that the client has or needs or wants. So I love how you dissected it. Uh, Say more about that. So we assume that more time is better for the client, right? If you, if you, especially new coaches, they come in, they think, okay, well, the more time I give, the more valuable my coaching will be for them. And, uh, and that kind of led me to what I call the high value coaching offer formula. And it's a very simple formula. And what I'm speaking to here is the value, uh, how your coaching will be perceived from a value perspective. And it's this desired outcome divided by time investment. So this is think think about this in the mind of the client. They have a desired outcome and we assume that more time is better, but with this high value coaching formula, what we're really saying is the desired outcome divided by the time investment. Think of it like this. If someone came to you for coaching because they want to double their income. Let me ask you, what do you think is a better sales message? Okay? You come to me and you say you want to double double uh, your income. I say to you, okay, great. You and I are going to spend a year together. Okay, we're going to spend fifty two hours this year, and I will guarantee you that we will double your income. I'm going to guarantee it. Okay, so if we don't double your income, I'm going to give you all your money back. That's not a bad message, right? That's not a bad sales message. But what if I were to say this instead? Spend one hour with me, and I will guarantee you that you will double your income. Okay, spend one hour with me and I will guarantee you that you will double your income. Which of those would you want? Now, assuming that you trusted me, assuming that you trusted that I could do it, which one would you want? Well, the one that only takes one hour, but I got to tell you, I've got one eyebrow raised. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. And I want you to separate yourself from whether or not I can deliver it, right? If I know that you can deliver it, then sure. Like I just, I'm just going to spend one hour, not a whole year. Exactly. So it's not the session time that people want. It's the transformation. Okay. So let's circle back to the question of what is the optimal coaching session time. And in preparation for today's podcast, I asked Steve Chandler, who's kind of seen as like the, um, uh, uh, he's kind of seen as like the godfather of coaching. I said, what's your opinion on how long coaching sessions should be. And his answer was, look, I prefer 60 minute sessions, but I have some clients with a lot of things to accomplish that prefer 90 minute sessions and I accommodate them. He said, it's whatever feels right for you and your client. What does that sound like? That sounds like 
you know, what is the optimal coaching? It's, it, it's what's right for you and it's what's right for them, you know? And I think that is so, such a powerful place to stand. And there are ultimately four things that determine how long your coaching sessions should be, okay? The first one is what you coach on, right? If you're dealing with, some, with a tactical issue, like we're working on somebody's Facebook ads, for example, uh, that may not take as much time as working on deep relationship issues with people. So you've got somebody who's, um, who's a relationship coach. You know what? You may need a little bit more time. So what you coach on will impact how long you coach. The second thing is how experienced you are as a coach. So if you're a newbie coach, guess what? You're probably going to, it's probably going to take you a little bit more time to work with a, with a, a client because you don't have mastery of all the techniques and strategies and tactics that you need to really get to people to insight and transformation. You can still do it as a new coach, but it may take you a little bit more time. You may ask questions that don't, don't move the needle much. And you'll have to kind of bring things back and, and, but you'll get there eventually, but it takes you more time. You, have you noticed that as well? Oh yeah. 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 I was just thinking back to when I was new as a coach. I want to talk about that. We'll come back to that in a second because I want to hear the other two, but uh, yeah, keep going and we're, we're going to revisit this conversation. Okay, cool. The third one is who you are coaching. Okay. And uh, that can, you know, and that's kind of what Steve was saying was, was basically he has some clients who just have a lot more stuff that they want to do or a lot more complex things that they're working on. And you're, you're just going to have to give them more time. As long as you charge for that, let me just add this side note, this caveat, as long as you charge for that, that's totally cool. Um, you know, for Steve, you know, he's not charging somebody who's getting a 90 minute session, the same as somebody who's getting 60 minute session. He's charging more for that, which is cool. And I'll add a fourth, but not yet. So I'll tell you that one later. I was just making a note because I think I want to add a fifth, but if I don't know your fourth, I can't go back. So we'll come back to that in a minute. But let's talk about the second one with how experienced you are as a coach, because we have a lot of newer coaches earlier in their journey uh, that listen in on this podcast. So I want to speak to that because I was remembering back when I first started, I fell prey to that assumption you said earlier, more time is better, more time is more valuable. And I thought that that was true. And I was so nervous as an early coach. I wanted to deliver the best coaching experience possible that helped them feel like, oh my God, this was amazing. I got great outcomes. And so I just, you know, however long I needed to coach until that happened, this didn't last long for me because I tidied it up pretty quickly. But in the very beginning, I was like, I just, you know, if we said it was an hour and if it went longer, fine, I'll just keep coaching until I felt or they felt that it was a great outcome. And I ignored those boundaries. So Let's talk about that assumption and the value of keeping good time boundaries. Like how can a new coach understand that when they don't have all that experience as a coach? What should they be telling themselves or telling the client about their boundaries with time? Mm, that, that, that is a good question. I think you need to come to grips very early on in your career that people don't come to you for a 30 or a 60 or a 90 minute coaching session. They come to you to help them make massive change in their life. We are coaching for transformation full stop. So it's not about the time. The, the, I guess the, the challenge with a new coach is, is that they're not confident yet that they can get to the transformation in, let's say, a 30-minute session uh, or you know, even a 60-minute session sometimes. What I would say to you is just make a decision. I'm going to do 60-minute sessions with my clients, and that's the primary client, with the understanding that there are other ways to support them. But in the beginning, 
you felt like if I just gave them more that they would get better results. And then you came to the realization that no, that's not actually how it's panning out. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly right. It's like, wait a minute, that's not a true assumption. And I, I corrected myself, but for the first few clients that I had, that's what I was believing. It's like, well, I'm new. I'm not as confident in my abilities yet. Therefore, if I give more time, the more I can coach, the more likely they are to get some ahas, outcomes, insights, and results. Right. And, and here's what I'll tell you guys. There is no correlation between the amount of time someone spends coaching and how much change or transformation they can experience in their life. Some coaches catalyze massive transformation in laser coaching sessions of 15 minutes. Others work in traditional 60-minute sessions, and yet others do transformation retreats where they work with one person for three days straight, okay? So there is literally no correlation between how much time you spend with someone and how much change or transformation that they can experience from that session. And if you like that, this next statement is going to blow your mind, okay? Ooh, what is it? There is also no correlation between the amount of time coaching someone and your income as a coach. If there is a correlation, it's an inverse relationship. So the more time you spend coaching, the less money you will make as a coach. I'm glad you said that because when you were just talking about the newer coaches and it's not the session time that people want, that's not what they're buying. I was just thinking about the students that go through our coaching business system program and we get into how do you package your services and price your services and enrollment conversations. One of the things that we often have to unteach is trading time for money, that that's a, an outdated mentality that people bring into their business and they think, oh, I should charge X amount for X number of sessions. And we have to undo that because of everything that you've said so far. And people don't, they don't buy coaching. They don't buy time. They're buying results. They're buying transformation. I think when we can help coaches, especially newer coaches, really see that to stop trading time for money, it makes answering this kind of question and how you work with your clients more effective, more fun. Yeah, let's take a deep breath and let that sink in for a second because that is a value bomb for all you new coaches out there. And some of you uh, relatively experienced coaches who still need to hear that and reiterate that within your mind. That is so true. So, you know, I have this acronym, which is YUCK, which means your unnecessary coaching, okay? Your unnecessary coaching. I'm gonna tell you guys how, how you can essentially cut your coaching time in half and get better results for your clients. And that's that fourth one, that fourth determinant of how long your coaching sessions should be. But before we get there, let me just get super practical. So the bottom line is, you know, set a standard session time within your packages. Again, you know, as Melinda said, we're not selling our coaching time. We're not selling a coaching session. We're selling a package, a transformation package, essentially. Then as needed, you tweak your session times to account for the client's need. It's, it's that simple. You know, so somebody will come to you and you can, you can alter the package. Like it's, it's not like you have two packages or three packages that you offer people and then that's all that you can do. You can customize it, provided you also customize the price for those packages accordingly. It's not fair to charge everybody you know, the same amount and give some people more time and other people less time. Uh, you know, if you're saying 30 minutes is the session time, I'll explain in a minute why you need to stick to that time period, why you need to stick to that. And, and by the way, you can tweak it ahead of time and make an agreement with people that is more attuned to their needs if you need to. 
You can also, in your packages, and this is why I really love this concept of packages, Melinda, is because you can also add other methods for having touch points with people, like email support, right? Or you could do emergency coaching sessions, right? Like if you have something that comes up in your life that you want some coaching on, uh, you get you get three of those over this six-month period uh, that you can use anytime. You just set it up. And so there are many ways that we can support people beyond the coaching, the standard coaching sessions that we have with them. I love that. And we're aligned in this thinking. I love the package approach because it allows us to bring even more of who we are than just the time of the session. So I love the idea about adding in other methods and the touch points so that whenever a client needs something, you can accommodate that, but it's within a framework. This works in reverse as well. If your client has an actionable insight in, let's say, the first 15 minutes of a 60-minute session, why not set them loose to step into action? The metal's hot, strike. You know, let, let them integrate the insight with that immediate action. Sometimes it is appropriate to let people get into action quickly, challenge it, make sure it's real, make sure that they're ready. But if you know that they can get into action on an insight and progress to their goal right there in that moment, let them. You know, you might say like, it sounds like you've got something there. Do you want to end the session early and step into action? And then you can set up some accountability, say, hey, you know, email me when it's done. Let me know how it went. And so you do always have that option as well to end a standard session early if it's in service to the client. Love that idea. And checking in with them. I love how you set that up. You're like, hey, I noticed that you're onto something here. Would it be helpful to wrap up the session so you can do this and then still have the accountability? So it's still, you know, there's still some structure to it. You know, we set limits to coaching time for for a few reasons. First, you have to be a viable business. Your professional time is precious. So every minute spent in that unnecessary coaching is a minute that you can't spend building your coaching business and serving other human beings. So you have to be a viable business. The second thing is you've got to be a viable human being, right? Coaching is heavy work. You need to prioritize your own recovery fun and joy so that you have what you need to catalyze transformation in other people. So every minute spent in unnecessary coaching time is a minute you could use to recharge and have more joyful experiences in your own life. And it's good for you. It's good for the client. Having boundaries with time or having the boundary of time has a counterintuitive effect of catalyzing more insight, ideas, and intentions rather than fewer. When we started teaching that on a regular basis to new coaches is, you know, we just say 45 minutes, then that 15 minutes is for you to be that viable human being that you just talked about so that you can regroup, recoup, take a breath, shake it off, go for a walk, do some follow-up work, prepare for your next session, whatever that is, you've got a built-in time frame, And so we teach our coaches to go ahead and book an hour for the session, but the session itself is 45 minutes. And then you've got the 15 minute uh, bridge time to do a a whole slew of things if needed. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So what's the fourth thing? So the first one was what you coach on, right? These are the, going back just so to remind you guys, the four things that ultimately determine the length of your coaching session. The first one is what you coach on. Second one is how experienced you are as a coach. So as you, you might start with 60 minute sessions, or you might start with 45-minute sessions, as you suggest, and then maybe with time, you change that to a 30-minute session. And then over time, you might even do 15-minute laser coaching sessions. All right, but number three was who you are coaching. And then the fourth one is how well you've prepared your coaching client to be a great client. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, absolutely. And this is never really covered in the coaching 
arena. But the better you teach your clients how to get the most out of coaching, the less time you need to spend in coaching time. Let's start with an example of someone who coaches for 60 minutes, okay? So you have 60-minute session with a client. Now, those clients have not been taught how to be great clients. So essentially, your client is going from meeting to meeting to meeting, directly into coaching, and then directly into another meeting. Well, you need 60 minutes in that session because you're taking the responsibility of prepping them, coaching them, and integrating what they what they get out of the session in that time. Because if you don't take that 60 minutes, they're going to run out of the coaching session directly into another meeting. They never integrate, and they just won't make progress. So if you taught your client to value coaching as life or death and teach them how to take time to prepare for the session and then teach them how to integrate insights and actions after the session, then you could potentially decrease your coaching time in half. So you teach them to prepare for 15 minutes before the session. You teach them to take 15 minutes to schedule that 15 minutes. So they schedule a 60-minute session. 30 minutes of it is coaching, 15 minutes in preparation, 15 minutes in integration. And they're going to be super prepared. You can get right into the meat and potatoes of the program. You don't have to spend time in pleasantries and, and, uh, and they're going to get better results. You're going to spend less time. They're going to get better results. You know, when love you that. do that, yeah. you're also honoring their own agency, right? Yeah. And really with this fourth step that you're talking about, you're teaching them how to be successful and not be dependent on you, but empowering them to take responsibility so that when you're not the coach anymore, they are equipped with these tools to keep applying this in whatever they're doing moving forward. One thing that I did with my, with my clients was I built a private podcast for them. You know, I send them a link. They, they subscribe to it like any other podcast. It's not, a, it's not in the public. They're short two, three-minute lessons or podcast episodes where I'm teaching them how to show up as a client so that, again, I don't have to spend a lot of time going through this with them. I just give them the podcast. They listen to it. And the clients that I've sent that to have said, it's just been, it's, it's been amazing. Like it really helps them prepare. And guess what? You know how you send out your pre-coaching prep sheet that like 20% of people actually fill out and send out before your coaching sessions? You know, it skyrockets how often they fill it out because now they've, they've come to understand the power of preparation and integration uh, for the results that they get in their life. It's, it, it's, it's quite powerful. I love that tip. I love that tip. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's beyond just the, the coaching session itself where we're offering guidance and support. And that's why the, the approach to selling our services is not a time-based approach because there's so much more that we bring to serving our clients than just time to supporting them and getting results. And that's one of the things that I would say, especially to the newer coaches, when they're making that assumption that we talked about at the beginning that says, you know, more time is better or more time is more valuable for them. And we're falling into that mistaken belief. What that tells me is the coach is more focused on themselves that's another thing, especially for newer coaches to really practice early on is it's all about the client and right. making sure that you're listening to what is your self-talk going on before and during those sessions. And that's going to give a clue to where is your focus? Is it on you? Because then you will make it about the time. You will make it about your coaching skills. You will make it about all that instead of how am I serving the client? What's the best next step for the client in this moment? So. 
my gosh, for such a, an interesting and what seems like a simple question, how long should a coaching session be? We've covered quite a bit of ground. So I just want to summarize a few things that we've talked about. You kicked us off with, it's really not about how long the coaching session should be, but there's three questions that we should be asking instead. And those questions that you shared at the beginning gives us the insight from the perspective of the coach from the perspective of the client, and then what's optimal, what's right for both the client and the coach, and how we can't be making this assumption that more time is better, that more time is valuable, that it's important that we understand, well, you gave it to us, the high value coaching offer formula with the desired outcome divided by the time invested, and to really help us understand what goes into determining the length of sessions. And you gave us the four things that we have to really focus on and look at to determine what are the length of sessions that are best for us. And what you start with may not be after a few months or several clients or a year or so, you might change things. But we have to get clear on it's not the session time that people want, it's the transformation and the outcome. And we have to know that and we have to focus on our clients and serving and supporting them. And we talked about, uh, I love how you made the, that there is no correlation between the amount of time uh, coaching and income. And if there is, it's inverse. And how we dove into that, you gave us your yuck acronym with your unnecessary coaching and, and how we have to train and prepare our clients to be good clients, to understand how to be in this coaching relationship and this coaching experience with us. We talked about having other methods beyond just the coaching session, how it's okay to end the session early. I mean, we have covered so much. Ray, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about this topic? Uh, there's only one thing missing, and you, and that is uh, something you said. You said there were f that you had a fifth a fifth one, a fifth. Oh, yes. Do you remember what that was? I did have a fifth one. Thank you for that. So when you gave us the four things to determine the length of session, you know, what to coach on, how experienced you are as a coach, who you're coaching, how well you've prepared them to be a client. The fifth thing is, and this may come not initially, but after you've worked with some clients, you'll begin to have a better understanding of what is the environment that when I put my clients in it, they're going to get the best outcomes in the quickest way possible. It may not be that we have one session every week that's 45 minutes for the next six months, but I'm thinking of one of our graduates, Kelly, what she discovered that the type of, because she answered, you know, what am I coaching on and who am I coaching? What she learned about them is the more focused time she can spend on and with them, the better transformation they got. Instead of taking it out over three months, she took all that and condensed it into a VIP day. And for the kind of people she was working with, that's what helped them get the greatest results in the quickest way possible to get the, the transformation. So it's also that fifth thing that determines it is what's the environment that you can put your clients into that they show up in the best way possible. So that's my wow. fifth thing. Wow. I'm going to steal that and claim it as my own. Yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Wonderful. Wonderful. I mean, it's been a true pleasure and honor to be with you here, Melinda. Really, really enjoyed it. Well, a big thank you to Ray for this amazing conversation. And thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. You can find out more about Ray at UpgradedLife.com. That's UpgradedLife.com. 
com, And we'll have in the show notes where you can go swipe his private podcast so that you too can prepare your clients on how to be great clients. Ray, thank you so much for coming to the show. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mary CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as Blowing Up and Once Upon a Business. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Ening is our executive producer, and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud. We can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.